0: Shila Gurudev ki jai, Shiman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shri Shri Radha Damodar ki jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Gaur Bhaktaran ki jai, Gaur Primanam. Mm-hmm. So, for to all of you, good morning, and thank you for, for joining us. Once again, so as we mentioned yesterday, today we have <clears throat> istagosti, which is a Sanskrit term for which refers to the interaction, loving, hopeful interaction, and with confidence and trust between different members of the community in the in the attempt of. Inquiring questions and answers, basically. No? That's why what's life is about questions and answers. No? We always have questions, hopefully, uh, and we are looking for answers. Basically, Everyone, every person is running after s- things, but actually they are running after answers. No? They are trying to solve <laughs> situations, no? to, to try to, to get to something. No? So that's a way of saying there is a question, and that question is like pushing them into so many directions, trying to answer, to solve them. As we know, and there are specific questions for us as humans, but every species having their own questions, as we know. know? The birds are asking the animals, like, what to eat today? And that question is driving their whole schedule, if you will. Where to sleep, how to mate, those are the, as we know, the questions in the... in in the less complex forms of lives. Mating, defending, eating, sleeping, that's the main level of inquiry and concern for those species, and we as humans as well can have a license to ask about those things. (laughs) But also, human life specifically is designed for another type of istagosti, if you will, another type of questions and answers, not only limited to the most basic uh, survival instincts, if you will, but as the Vedanta Sutra has put it, Atato Brahma Gnasa.
1: Hmm?
0: So, Atato Brahma which means, Atato now, which means, now you you can read these lines, which means you have human form, <laughs> because Vedanta Sutra has not been written for birds and elephants, because they cannot read Vedanta Sutra. So now that you can read this, it means you are human, Brahma it's, it's the time to in- inquire into the nature of Brahman, which means, basically, into the nature of the Absolute, or into the nature of Consciousness. So, it's time to make those types of questions, basically, and from that up, basically, upwards. So, Istagosti has to do with that, with presenting questions, and receiving answers, and in the process of that inquiry, which is really like the very paradigm of our tradition, you see Bhagavad Gita, you see Bhagavatam, you see Chaitanya Charitamrita. you always find this important, like sessions and interaction, Krishna and Arjuna, uh, Parikshit and Sukadev, Amanandaraya and Mahaprabhu, and so on. Always this particular format is there, questions and answers, questions and answers. So, that's the way we... Uh, enlighten each other and show our affection. Krishna says in the Gita, My devotees get together and they enlighten each other and they show affection to each other by always speaking about me. Uh, speaking about Krishna is not just like quoting, get together, okay, you quote a verse and you read something, but sometimes it's, I have this question, this doubt, how how to understand it, how to deal with it, how to better embrace my my daily sadhanas. We spoke yesterday, sadhanas an inner effort to invoke trans- inner transformation. So, f- fervent effort for inner transformation. How to do that? No, my Guru Maharaj would like to say, likes to say like, Sadhu Sangha means that at the end of each day we get together in a circle and we share how we failed today <laughs> each other in the sense of being realistic, acknowledging that but also open to how I can do better tomorrow and let others share their own experience and myself be nourished by that and learn from my mistakes from their mistakes and grow together so that's also a way of Istagosti of if you will this type of question and answer between sincere uh, aspirants of divine love. So so that's it. Hmm, are there any questions? Questions or topics something you may you may like to, to hear about or something you may feel the need to further develop or something that was waiting from last n- evening's lecture that we didn't have time for Q and A. So I mean not necessarily the questions have to be limited to we spoke yesterday but of course whatever is it, it's, it's the need of the moment no?
1: uh, I wondered um, yesterday you mentioned about uh, that uh, if one somehow fails so to say to uh, properly perform execute uh, like the um, spiritual path it's kind of not appreciating the gift you have gotten that I don't remember actually in Mm. which context but uh, uh, I was thinking about this uh, topic uh, that on one side you have been explaining how it is nice to um, actually integrate our subconscious like whatever is there the shadow side of ourselves and to embrace it and at the same time to try to integrate it, but uh, somehow if we uh, do not, I wonder about, if we do not perform on a good level or we cannot like actually be successful right now, does it mean that we do not appreciate the gift we have gotten? And how to make the balance between these two? On one side we embrace our shadow side, so to say, and try to, like, integrate it on our side, a side if kind of we go for it and it's not like a very perfect performance what we mm-hmm. do there. Does it mean that it's not appreciating the gift we have got? Mm.
0: Yeah. So... <coughs> No, I would say one thing is not necessarily mean the other. No, it doesn't, because sometimes one could say. I mean, one could go paranoid or make others paranoid. Like, (laughs) you you have not reached the goal yet. It means you are ungrateful or something like this, or you are offensive. Even worse, no, and and get and just discourage other people, and, and, and and that's nonsense. Because if the end result of what you are saying is discouragement, it's like. Of course, you may say something nicely and properly and the other gets discouraged and that may be their problem also. I mean, it's not that always if someone is giving some kata and someone in the audience gets disturbed, it's not that it's the fault of the speaker necessarily. Because if the audience is not sincere enough to accept, okay, that's what I need to hear, that's what I need to accept and incorporate, it may be the fault of the hearer also no? but also of course it can happen that the speaker <coughs> and that happens quite often sometimes <laughs> they uses the philosophy if you will or, or even the siddhanta to just um, justify the the unjustifiable basically no? or, or, or applying that in a very narrow minded way and, and and instead of bringing light and hope to the audience if you will just like smashing everyone in the name of this is the highest thing and you're not there and something. And probably the one who is speaking like that is not there either because if you if you are there, you will be kind enough and generous enough to to extend to others as we were speaking yesterday. We worshiped Sriman Mahaprabhu and he's the deity of of compassion basically, no, these two arms he has we know has to do with that, no the 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 arm rising the down is trying to extend to us to the lower of the lowest. On his raised arm, right arm is reaching the highest of the highest. So the highest of the highest, even to the lowest of the lowest, Mahavajra. So, if if in our school we have such a, a, a kind deity, I mean, it is expected that we are to represent that spirit in in our own, as representatives of Mahaprabhu, we should be. Kind to each other to begin with. You know? So, what to speak kind to every living entity? But sometimes we have first to think in terms of our own Gaudia community, because sometimes that that's not happening in the Gaudia community. <laughs> so, what to speak of extending that to the whole universe? Now, let's begin at home first. No? If we don't know how to deal with each other at home, what to speak of conquering the world in the name of Mahaprabhu? That that's won't happen. <laughs> so <clears throat> so not necessarily now if someone is again you, you are mentioning one is not being successful in one sudden I, I don't know what do you mean by that of course because to be successful doesn't mean that tomorrow i, I have arrived at prema bhakti or something no i mean success, there are different ways of conceiving this idea of success and also sometimes the very idea of success can be dysfunctional also no because sometimes we may just like project our notion of success in this world which is really closely tied to perfection and doing everything like no, this is the perfect way of doing this is the, the only possible perfect way and, and i have and it doesn't work like that in bhakti no i mean in bhakti krishna himself is not that concerned with perfection basically no he, he i mean he's concerned with Integrity and sincerity and, and, and he, he doesn't pay too much attention to imperfection actually. <laughs> no, you know, the most controversial probably verse in the Gita, Krishna is saying that very strongly. You know, <laughs> Two verses, 30-31, chapter 9. Very intense verses he's saying to Arjuna. Even if someone misbehaves totally, it's a Sudura Acharya. Not an Acharya, but a Sudura Acharya. (laughs) Someone who is doing the worst. But if that person is... Mam Ananya trying to worship me with a sincere heart in exclusively, even though still some things are making him or her fall on the, on the way to that. was For me, I consider them Sadhu. For me that person is Sadhu already, even though still it's like coming up and down coming up, but in his internal prospect and ideal, that's fixed for that person. I want to fully surrender. Whatever happens in the, in the way of that, Krishna says, I'm, I'm not saying that. I have no eyes no, no for that. I just have eyes for bhava grahi janardana, for the essence of that. And he says, sadhuriva samamtavya samyaki avyasi to his very soon he says that person becomes righteous, satsvachantimni uh, gajti, and attains everlasting peace. And then he ends saying to Arjuna, Kantiya pratiya nihi name bhakta pranashati. Declare boldly that my devotee never perishes. He's saying with intense emotion to Arjuna in that moment. My devotee never perishes, my devotee never perishes.
1: Hmm?
0: Nevabi Kramanashasti Tatiabayana Biddity Salpama Pya Sadharma say siyad Tati Mahatova say Krishna also in chapter two. The one who adopts this path. Mm. There's no loss or nor diminution, uh, even though whatever may happen in between. So we have we have to have strong faith in these things. Krishna is not trying just to sell us a product, and exaggerate the nature of bhakti. He's actually saying what bhakti is, how generous, how powerful. Um, I would say the main problem for many of us is sometimes that we don't have still enough faith in this type of words. <laughs> Basically, we don't believe fully, Christian fully yet. <laughs> Even though he's saying that to us with tears in his eyes, with full emotion, with full conviction, and he's saying to Arjun, declare this to the world, I promise this. So many times in the Gita, he's saying in these terms, I promise this, this is a fact, this will happen. And we have so many testimonies of devotees that show that in practice, the Bhagavatam is full of that as well of people who were also led astray, you say, like lost in one moment of the path and in such a merciful, grateful way, Bhakti still was there with them. So, so I say that in the sense of, okay, we are not successful in our sadhana. What does it mean not being successful? I would say not being successful is you are not being sincere enough with yourself. I mean, you can... You, you can be unsuccessful. Of course, there's place for that, but it's not so much about a level of perfection that we have idealized by, I don't know, comparing ourselves with Sanat and Goswami and feeling, I have not arrived there yet. It doesn't mean you're not being successful or you are doing something wrong or you are not being grateful enough. Uh, I think that may take two. I mean, it can be that, but not necessarily. No? So that requires like self-examination. Like, like like we were speaking the other day with some devotees in, in, in Radekund, no. and, and he, one devotee was asking, so Maharaj, what, what if... Uh, I've been practicing for quite a long time, he told me. No? So I asked him, how long? <laughs> <laughs> eight years. Eight years. Oh, I started to laugh. No?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with all respect for those eight years, I'm not like demeaning. <laughs> like underestimating that but I mean uh, of course you can reach perfection in a moment the potential is there but generally speaking the, the general, eight years is like nothing basically I mean, etern- you have eternity doing nonsense and for eight years you are trying to not do nonsense <laughs> I mean it, it, you cannot just demand so where is my full meal of bhakti now no? where is the full fruit I mean eight years it's not, you have to be willing to wait a little bit no? you have to have longing as we always say, but we also have to have patience on no? the two things, especially when you start to to realize the, the the breadth and depth of the gift and how how deep it is you cannot just like hey eight years ten years twenty years one lifetime Bhava bhakti where where are you I mean as we always say, if you really appreciate the nature of the gift, you will be willing to, to pay whatever price it has to be paid in order to, to obtain that. No, that's real, Lova. No? So that, that's an important point, because I was thinking about that yesterday. We always speak about lova. Lova means greed. And Rupa Goswami mentions, and not only Rupa Goswami is mentioned everywhere, that the Adhikar for engaging in Raga Nuga Bhakti is lova and that's an important point we belong to that school raghavakti but it's not that easy to practice raghavakti i mean in one sense because you have to have greed for for that ideal and of course that has to do with not having greed with for any other things proportionately gradually it's not black and white so greed means i want that but also sometimes greed What's the difference between greed and impatience? Uh? Because you may say, "I want, I want it now, I want, I want." To. But maybe in the context of really wanting that, you may have to wait, and and, and, and there is place for waiting while being greedy. No, if you are really greedy for that ideal, whatever you have to wait in that waiting, your greed will increase. You follow? So. There's, but you know you have to wait because again you appreciate the, 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 de- the depth of the ideal and that is not something cheap that I will attain in one weekend so I know I may have to wait even one, two, three lifetimes as Shilas will say as we always share once he one devotee asks him like how, how many lifetimes will it take for me to reach the ultimate goal if I am beginning in this lifetime bhakti you say two, three lifetimes generally speaking if you are serious sadhaka and the devotee was shocked, <laughs> no? like thinking, that long? Two, three lifetimes. <laughs> and when Silasia Maharaj saw the devotee shocked, he was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's too much, two, three lifetimes? So no? many, Brahmanda Brahmite, Kornam. You have been traveling into the different universes for another time. And now in two, three lifetimes you can reach the highest potential of... The- You are saying it has too much. I'm shocked. (laughs) The two were shocked for different reasons. (laughs) So there is place for for waiting and being patient, and while doing so, increasing your greed. That that means that shows you have real greed. You follow? If you say I'm greedy for that, and someone says okay, but you have to wait one lifetime. Oh no, I'm no no longer greedy for that. That shows you have no greed at all. But if you are really greedy, means I'm willing to pay whatever price it's required and that means I'm willing to wait but while waiting it's not just like I'm waiting <laughs> tell me whenever that's ready and I go no while we're waiting you're not waiting you're increasing your longing no? that's the purpose of, of, of the obstacles in, in one's life we see that no? like in the life of for example the associates of Mahaprabhu the, the six Goswamis. They they wanted all of them to join Mahaprabhu for example, Gopal Bhatta Goswami met Mahaprabhu in South India, as we spoke in our previous series. He was a relatively young at that time. And when, and when Mahaprabhu visited them at, at Rangam at, for four months in Chaturmas after Mahaprabhu was leaving, Gopal wanted to go with him. Mahaprabhu said, no, no, stay here, take care of your parents, and when they pass away, you, you can join me. So again, he, he had the greed. He was Gopal Bhata Goswami. <laughs> he was not just like some teenager passionate impulse. He really wanted to, to join. Mahabru said no. <laughs> so you can imagine, he was waiting for years in South India. He was not just like waiting. Okay, when my parents passed away, I joined Mahabhu. He was bla- raging in fire internally, blazing for oh, reaching that moment. Or huh? well, similar with Sanatan Goswami. He wanted to join Mahaprabhu, he was put in jail. No? So, obstacles. I want, but phew, this comes on the way. But all that, like again, make his longing even stronger. And, and with this you can go with every Goswami. Ragunath, that's das- Goswami also wanted to join Mahaprabhu, and the parents were keeping him at home. He was like coming from a millionaire family. So they wanted him to be a nice married person, m- m- entrepreneur in the world, and so on. <laughs> he wanted just to wear a in and worship. Uh, so they were bringing him back. He will escape from his palace, and the parents will send people to catch him on the way and bring him back home, like this, many times. So again, he had very intense, passionate longing, but he had to wait somehow. But in that waiting, all that was increasing. So... Why I was saying that, <laughs> Raga Ragabhakti, no? The, 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 so the, so the, the adhikar for ragavagati is greed, no? but again, we may have to. In the context of cultivating our greed, we may have to be patient. We may have to wait. No? So, so this is the same here. No, we, we want to attain some goals, some success, if you will. But in the context of that, we will have to. To wait, no. So this devotee, and I was saying all that because of this devotee who was practicing for eight years. <laughs> sincerely, was asking. No, I'm not joking about him. He was seriously asking. Like, after eight years, I do not have certain taste and so on. So how to deal with that? Oh, one of the classical questions. So the idea came that uh, I, I, I asked him, like, okay, so now you are in. Today, in this particular moment of your life, in this stage of your bhajan or your, your sadhana, so you tell me, are there certain things that you could do to improve your sadhana? That you know, by doing those things, by adjusting those things, my sadhana will improve. Do you can you acknowledge, like detect some of those things? I say yes. Okay, and are you doing your best? effort to try to do those adjustments, say no. Okay, so there you have the reply to your question, basically. Because it's, it's, it's basically that. And, and maybe that adjustment is not like the great thing. I mean, you cannot, the greatest transformation from today to tomorrow. But it's something here today, something here tomorrow. And you know you could do that, but you are not doing that. So how can you expect to feel whatever you are expecting to feel if you are not doing those things that you know you should do, what to speak of those things that you don't know you should do, but you should do also, those will come in time. <laughs> you will realize then whenever first you do those things that you know you have to do. <laughs> do not expect to see other things beyond that, because if you have in your face the things that you know, I should change this, I sh- I- I- and I can do that. You know you can do that. You can, you can do some extra. So if-, if you are not willing to do that, there's nobody to blame or, or something no it's, it's your own responsibility and again this is not to say you're guilty and feel shame but just take responsibility you know so so i will say that more in those terms not necessarily like you are ungrateful and something of course you can put it like that if you want no you are not ungra- in a way that is I mean, we have to, to deal with all these ideas in a way that is healthy for one's practice. You, you can think in terms, I'm not being grateful enough in such a way that you get inspired, or you can think about the same thing in a way that you get discouraged. So you have to find the way that is nourishing your thing. Because if not, what's the point of that? Not like, I am grateful, I know, and in such a way that you just get depressed and no more sudden at all. Or in a healthy way that you realize yes I, I could be more grateful <laughs> or whatever however it works better of course because if you apply the whole idea to, to the last level yes if we will be fully grateful and fully aware of, uh, we should be ecstatic at every moment and so on but again that may be like idealistic and we are not there and and we, that may create a contrast, and if, you, if we insist in our mind too much on that on every day, we may get discouraged. So we have to... And there will be different times in our lives. Sometimes we may f- feel, we may need to be more strict in that sense with ourselves, and there's place for that, and that will inspire us in another stage. I mean, there are different waves in, in our own journey, no? What well, to speak in relation to other people who may have a totally different nature, and whatever works great for them, it may create a disaster for us. No? <laughs> Maybe we are in the same stage, but one has a nature, another has a nature, so, and that has to do with also this idea of embracing our subconscious and shadows, which, which also has to do with recognizing our acquired nature, and knowing how to work with that. Because we have a certain nature, Swabhav, and Krishna says in the Gita, it's not that easy to, to to modify that. So, And it's not necessarily a must. It's not that you have to modify your acquired nature to practice bhakti. But you can dovetail, as they say, like connect whatever nature you have now, in the context of bhakti, and that acquired nature eventually becomes a spiritualized nature, and and, and whatever, in this lifetime you have a certain personality, and in context with bhakti, that personality remains, but totally ornamented by the influence of bhakti, so your eternal, if you will, personality in the spiritual world, we have those ingredients, but in the context of bhakti, so that, that will be a different, Sense of personality, no? it's not that everything about who you are now or who you think you are has to be annihilated, and then you will your real self. Will, not necessarily. No? So, so, in that sense, I will say that one has to, yeah, not to, to, to because sometimes they would take more this negative stance, like denial, no? neti neti. Too much neti neti, Prabhupada bhakti to say can throw you into brahman. This not this, not that, not this, not that, this is Maya, this is Maya, this is my this is the Gyanis process of you know, denial and eventually only thing that remains is Brahman. But that's not our school. <laughs> so we are not just to deny or reject what we have, but mostly learn how to work with 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 the vehicle we have been given physically and also mentally, subtly. So yeah, to be successful in in in, in one's bhajan is, I'll say, has to do with acknowledging all the things and and trying to increase our the serious seriousness, become more serious, <laughs> on a daily basis on some level, okay. uh, increase our commitment with the ideal and 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 make our sadhana more and more a priority in our life, you know, to the point that it it becomes our life. You know. The beginning sadhana may be a a part of my day <laughs> and eventually it has to become my life and soul again it's a process of prior- prioritizing and deprioritizing other things and that may take some time again, some lifetimes even <laughs> but at least in theory we should know this is the ultimate converging point I mean, my, my, I have to see how to integrate my spiritual practice with my the, the rest of my life which somehow still I I see as a separate thing I, I, I'm not able yet to to integrate all this so the daily effort of the saddak is integrate these things you know, to the point that there is no separate sense of of life bhakti is that is capable of that you can do everything in the context of bhakti so it has the potential of
1: mm-hmm.
0: of making everything part of your bhajan, if you will. No? You're you're having a bath, you're cooking, you're going to the toilet, <laughs> you're engaging in these so-called ordinary activities. It has the potential, but again, it it's all a matter of priority,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and 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 for that we're required to be serious, to remain associated with serious people very serious practitioners. Serious I don't mean that they are all they without smiling, but once someone asks Srila Prabhupada that, no? Because in some pictures Srila Prabhupada appears uh, very serious. To the point that you feel he's angry with someone. And of course in another picture he's smiling in a very unique way, sweetly. But someone one asks Prabhupada like why why you are so serious and sometimes. He said because Christian consciousness is a very serious thing. I mean, it's very uh, it's a very serious affair. It's not a joke. I mean, it's not something to, to just take cheaply or not or to not give our full attention. Of course, he's pure devotees speaking from that side, fully realizing the nature of the whole thing. Still, for us, as I mentioned, we we do not fully believe that. We don't do not take that seriously yet, and that's the. Our l- unfortunate, no? our lack of fortune, but gradually we are to increase that. Huh? So the practice is something too real not to take it seriously. So gradually we are to 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 increase our embrace
1: mm-hmm,
0: of of our practice and and develop this desire of I want to absorb myself more in what I'm doing because it's a lot about absorption also especially if we speak in terms of Raga Nuga Bhakti Bhajan the term Bhajan Bhajan is not just like how is your Bhajan oh great what, I mean, what, what do we mean by that no. <laughs> actually if you are really practicing Bhajan probably you won't say great because you will have a glimpse of how greater your Bhajan can become which is the, the prospect of real Bhajan that you will always feel like just trying to Absorb my mind in the things, but bhajan has to do with mental absorption, inner absorption. And absorption doesn't mean like I get absorbed two minutes a day, and the rest of the day, my mind is just like wondering who knows where. But it's like ideally, some gradually again gradually. But we have to get close to that that stage. Of course, nishta has a lot to do with that. No, it has to do with the permanent mental absorption in. in in, in one's idea, in a certain direction, and and that absorption will take different, of course, stages, forms, and modes. You know? Absorption in certain emotions, because a mental of mental absorption has to do with emotions. You no, know? absorbed in a certain particular emotional disposition towards Guru, Bhaisnaps, Krishna, Radha Krishna, we know what does it mean in this world. We we can be really absorbed in, in, in different emotions, permanently. You know? We have experience of that. You know? That's the distorted side of that. But it's showing us we have that capacity. it's not we don't have it. We have experience of that. We can be whole day in anxiety, without interruption. High <laughs> to no? Or we in, in angry or with envy or with greed or with love and totally like fixed. And our mind is like, <laughs> so now we have to just turn all that in the proper direction. So, so that's, a, I think, a good way of, of determining our success on a daily basis. You know? Doing what we have to do and understanding, I have to get more absorbed in this, more absorbed in my daily chanting, more absorbed. Again, not like a forced pressure that someone is... Like, you have to do that, and by social pressure, okay, I have to... But the conclusion that you have to reach yourself, like, I I understand that this is the way to do this. This is the way that it will really work. And this is the way that I would like to do it, because, I mean, to fall in love with Krishna means you are totally absorbed in that. That's the goal. And of course, again, we are not in the goal, but... How can i get closer to the goal i have to be doing something in the here and now that is actually getting me closer to the goal i mean it's not that it will happen by magic and we like in false humility say well yes i'm so fallen is so merciful and i'm doing what i can and, and someday everything will be nice and, and we project this type of ideal idyllic destiny that but you are not doing anything now to get there so it won't happen <laughs> at least it won't happen as quick as it should happen again and again that's part of the greed now if, if, if you want really want to 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 advance and to to if you are really appreciating what came to you you will be trying to do as much as you can again knowing that nonetheless you will have to wait <laughs> But the fact that I have to wait doesn't mean, oh, then I will be lazy and I, I won't give my 100%. No, you will try. Ideally, try to give your 100%. That's where where, where things make, start to have meaning and purpose in your life. Because, I mean, if you are not giving your, your 100% into something that you consider that worthy and valuable, probably you will be fr- frustrated in life. Because you have not found an ideal to, to fully invest yourself, or if you have found it, you are not fully investing yourself in that idea. And we know that bhakti is, is that idea. <laughs> it has the full capacity of receiving everything we want to give and properly reciprocating. You see, so much people in the world is investing their whole being tip to toe in so many like relative ideals, limited prospects, but they are giving themselves fully. Risking everything, and so we should learn from them also. (laughs) But of course, they are doing that, and they are not experiencing full satisfaction because the ideal is not deep enough, absolute enough. So, there's some still frustration, they keep trying. So, we have been fortunate enough to meet that ideal that has the potential of fully reciprocating, but we may at some point, like, dilute our own giving of ourselves to that ideal and just be giving it 65% or 23% because Christians is so merciful and you follow no? so sometimes we in the name of oh the ideal is so great so merciful so deep instead of committing instead of those ideas committing us to fully give ourselves sometimes we start to rest take rest because of the greatness of the ideal <laughs> that's so great so deep and so incredible so I just start like to mm, dissolve but it should be the opposite you should see all these people in the world like passionately living for the ideal taking all risks giving their self and then go back to me and they are doing that with such limited ideal I come in touch with such unlimited ideal how I'm dealing with that again not with g- guilt and shame but just like we need sometimes this type of inputs like to, okay what can I do today to increase my my commitment, again in a sustainable way, do not go paranoid please <laughs> what can I do today no? to, to increase my embrace of the ideal a little bit, tomorrow it's another day we will speak tomorrow about that but today is today <laughs> so what, what can I how can I give myself more fully today in a way that is not dysfunctional, but in a way that will invoke the the change and transformation that I feel the need to experience. So, so the day does not go in vain, and I feel nothing has happened. Practice is not working because sometimes these kind of things may come. Master Prabhupada will say, at the end of the day, before you go to sleep, you think about these things, how you lived your day today, how much. Progress, did you make? How much change you were able to do? How, how willing you were to do those things? So then you can conclude how much the day was worthy of, of living or not. We were just like in a mechanical mode, just doing, going through the motions and doing what I need to do externally and internally, like totally distracted. So sometimes that can happen, and we have to learn from that also we learn from that that was not a fully lost day <laughs> so, so yeah we have to gradually switch from distraction to absorption and of course when you're absorbing something you get distracted of other things so there's always the two things working at the same time it's distraction and absorption the point is which is my object of distraction and object of absorption at the present <laughs> so anyhow some ideas. I don't know if I address yeah. anything of your question, but that's what came. <laughs> so, any other? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there is one question here it's in, the, in the chat, so we will go to the online. Perhaps some minutes. One question from Kushi Singh. So it says, Mahaprabhu. Uh, as an Incarnation of Krishna? I wonder why He is not part of the Dashavatars of Vishnu? Also, does Mahaprabhu reside in Bhikunta Lok or Golok? Thanks for your reply. Well, actually for us Gaudias we have a particular um, approach to not only Mahaprabhu but to Krishna and Vishnu which may differ from that of other sampradayas. And it's okay, no problem. There should be no problem. That's that what, makes, what makes a sampradaya. It means they have different approach to, to the absolute. I mean, if everyone thinks it the same way, all of them belong to the same sampradaya. <laughs> so the fact that there are different sampradayas, I mean, there are different ways of addressing that same absolute reality, which does not necessarily, is, shouldn't be a problem. So, For example, you go to the Sri Sampradaya, Ramanoja Sampradaya also called, and their particular outlook is,
1: hmm,
0: Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam doesn't count for them. <laughs> for them, Krishna is not the Supreme Personality of Godhead. No, but Vishnu, not Ayana, is the source of all other forms of divinity, even Krishna. For them, Krishna is an avatar of Vishnu. So, that's a particular outlook that, of course, we as Gaudiyas have a, another view. But it's not that they are totally wrong and they're in Maya and that's all apa siddhanta. And it's not like that. There is place for that. And, and that's a big lesson to begin with because, I mean, in order not to be sectarian and just think my own view is the only one, and, and you go to eternity and you realize, I mean, there are Bhaktas who are worshipping Ramachandra residing with Him eternally in Ayodh and they consider He's the all in all. So if if they are so mistaken how they can reach a place in eternity with that outlook (laughs) and the ones who feel Narayan is the source of everything they have their place in eternity for that viewpoint. It's not that they are in Maya and they will never enter the spiritual world because they think differently than me. I want to enter the spiritual world by thinking like that. (laughs) So... That's what, what happened with Gopa Kumar. That's very and it's charming, you no, know? Gopakumar is Sanatan Goswami gives all these lessons in the very first book of of our Gaudiya Sampradaya which is the the Brihat Bhagavatam Brita. And uh, there he's showing Gopakumar having a particular affinity for Krishna as a friend in Golok, but travelling through so many other places and by places I mean also ways of addressing the absolute different outlooks and he's not condemning them he's appreciating them but at the same time he's following his inner clarion call if you will no? his own affinity so for example he goes to vaikuntha and everyone is worshipping Naraya and in Ashwari as it should be <laughs> and, and, and he's appreciating that and he stays for some time in the different places and somehow hangs out with the devotees there if you will <laughs> But eventually he feels, mm, I don't think this is fully my environment. So he, his inner affinities, again, his bhakti, scars are taking him somewhere else. Till of course he finally reaches Golok. But when he reaches vaikuntha he reaches Vaikunta. He find I mean, they are worshiping by not I, and in in awe and reverence with love in that context, and this is charming. Uh, but also they are considering, yeah, Krishna as an avatar of Vishnu here. I mean, he's not saying, I'm getting out from this place, they're all offenders to my deity or something. He's just like charmed by, oh, interesting how they are approaching my Krishna. <laughs> no? Well, like what Bhakti Notakur said, no? He said, when, when you visit a temple, not, not a Gaudiya or a Hindu temple, if you visit the mosque mosque you say like a church or whatever you you can naturally feel oh how interesting how they're worshiping my Krishna here internally you won't be just giving a discourse to the people there like this is my Krishna is there no but in your own way of dealing with that it's not like this is different this is wrong uh this shouldn't be done like this or whatever Just like wow interesting no so so again, for us Gaudias, <coughs> Mahaprabhu is to begin with not an incarnation of Krishna. Or let's begin with Krishna is not an incarnation of Narayan. <laughs> Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami makes a long elaboration on this on, on the third chapter of the Adi Lila. Yesterday I just briefly mentioned it. And he makes great effort to show how Krishna is not an avatar of Narayan but the other way around. For us Gaudias, again in the Gaudiya perspective he quotes verses from Shastra he shows different sections in the Bhagavatam when Narayan himself is the famous story with Mahabishnu is kidnapping the sons of a Brahmin who who, who, who after being born uh, die immediately one after the other and, and, and at one point Arjuna comes and says I will protect those sons those children and and if, if this is not happening I kill myself says Arjuna like in full Kshatriya spirit. If I cannot do that, my life has no meaning. So, so the next child comes and Arjuna is like protecting with arrows and so on, but eventually phew, the child like vanishes. So the Brahmin starts to say, you speak so much Arjuna and now my child with laws and all." And start, and Arjuna is about to kill himself. So at that moment like Krishna appears and says, no, 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 no. This is the whole purpose to do this thing. So, we will go and, f- and find all these children. I think there were like six or something. So they go to Mahabishnu, which is Narayan. Krishna and Arjuna go there. And eventually, Mahavishnu, Narayan is telling in the bottom, I did all this thing because I want to have your darshan. <laughs> he says to Krishna. So it's Krishna's... I mean, if Narayan is saying that to Krishna, like Krishna's expansion is willing to have the darshan of the original, if you will, no? <laughs> Or, or or the famous section where the Brahma bimohan lila, you have been studying that recently if I'm not mistaken, some lectures from my, my Guru Maharaj. So, so at one point of the whole thing, that's the the, the the section of the Bhagavatam which has the most Aishvarya. And that's happening in Vrindavan interestingly. Know? And this moment where all the the calves and, and gopas that were expansions of Krishna manifest in a way in front of Brahma with his foreheads like roller coaster, <laughs> like Krishna and Narayans mm-hmm. worshipping, like, like, no, like Narayans, thousands of Narayans and Brahmas worshipping that those Narayans. So full Asparaya and, and showing how Narayans are coming from mm-hmm. Krishna, basically. No? So again, Krishna Das Kairashku has a case to make concerning Krishna's two Bhagavan So yeah. and of course we could say Jiva Goswami himself writes a whole book, Krishna Sandharva, just to explain that line. Yeah? Bhagavatam line. Krishna is to which means Krishna is the original, if you will, form of Godhead from which all the other forms come. Hmm? So the Bhagavatam makes this bold statement. It's only one line, but if you understand properly that line, that line is the Paribhasha Sutra of the book. Paribhasha Sutra means a very... A sutra, sutra is a very condensed, two, three, four words section, but which around which the whole text is revolving. So the whole Bhagavatam is revolving and around this the, this statement of Tatva Krishna is two so and Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead in the words of Prabhupada. And if someone may say, "Well, that's only one line," you're making too much of the line. Jiva Goswami says, you read my Krishna Sandhava and you tell me if, if I'm making too much. No? So it's a whole treatise, long one, to explain how Krishna is the source of all forms of the divine. So we have as good as our points to make concerning Krishna being avatari and not avatara. Avatari means the source of all avatars, of all divine descents. And as we explained yesterday... So if you didn't see my lecture yesterday, Kushi Singh, you can go through that. Then we spoke how Mahaprabhu is not actually an avatar or incarnation. I do not use the word incarnation because it applies the idea of incarnate. Carnate means like flesh, like entering into material body, which in this case, the term of avatar means from up to down, the etymology of the world, which speaks that it's coming from up, although coming here is not being touched by this environment. So Mahaprabhu is not an avatar of Krishna, but Mahaprabhu is, as we say it, if you will, the most upgraded form of Krishna himself. It's non-different from Krishna, Nomi Krishna Sarupa. And the word Sarupa may also means, mean core essential form. So when, when Chaitanya Charitam says Radha Bhava Duti Subalitam Nomi Krishna Sarupa means Mahaprabhu is Krishna or Mahaprabhu is Krishna's essential form. So it's not an avatar. Hmm. It's Krishna himself hmm. in, in a very unique, as we say, disposition. Hmm. As my Guru Maharaj likes to say, uh, there are certain features. This is another point that shows the supremacy of Krishna. Rupa Goswami mentions that in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. We see the Goswamis were pretty engaged in their books in establishing this notion that Krishna is too Bhagavan Swayam. Because the prevalent idea at the time was Narayan is, the, is God and Krishna is an avatar. That was like the mainstream notion. So in the beginning of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, the Goswamis in their books, Sanatan Goswami, Briha, Bhagavatam, Jiva Goswami, the Sandharvas, Rupa Goswami, Bhaktira Sampradaya, Sindhu, and other books. They very like carefully crafted the whole notion of the Sampradaya showing actually Krishna's Bhagavan Bhagavata. That takes effort and work. We, we repeat that and for us it's day one, yes. But there is so much background to that, to establish that in, in a particular time frame, society, where the prevalent idea is another one. Narayan is God. <laughs> I going to speak of Mayabad, Currents, and Advaita Vedanta. So, so Rupa Goswami mentioned what? 64 qualities that, that, that are, are found in Krishna... Some of them are found a certain degree on, on jivas, the first 50, or 50 I think, yeah, and 54 something. Then some other qualities which are only to be found in some exalted beings, like Mahadeva and so on, and, and, or other forms of the divine, like Narayan. And then he goes with the last four attributes that he says, this is only to be found in Krishna, in Vrindavan, Braja Krishna even. Because there is a whole hierarchy of Krishnas also. <laughs> and because not only Krishna is above Narayan, but Krishna in Vrindavan is, as we say yesterday, no? Purna, Purna Tara, Purna Tam, most complete in Vrindavan, even above his forms in Mathura and Dwarka. So he said there are four attributes that are only found in Praja Krishna, which show how he's superior, if you will, again. Be careful of going with, with Sri Bhaisna and My God is superior to. You know, it's not in that sense. No? But in terms of, of bhava and rasa, yes, Krishna is Akila, Rasamrita Brita, Murti. So these are Prem Maduria, Lila Madhurya, uh, Rupa Madhurya, and Venu Maduria. No, he, Krishna has sweet Prem, he experiences and reciprocates sweet Prem. Lila Madhurya, sweet pastimes, sweet form, Rupa Madhurya, and sweet um, flute, Venu Madhurya. So Narayan doesn't have a fluke to begin with, so what to speak of it being f- sweet? <laughs> Another thing. So my Guru Maharaj will say, so Krishna is prem, has Prem Madhurya, and he's interested in tasting this Prem Madhurya, this sweet love that is only found in Braj. And we don't see any other avatar interested in that. Barah, Bahamandev, they are not after Prem Madhurya. But Mahaprabhu is totally into that from a particular perspective, no? experiencing the sweetness of radus. So, f- the, the conclusion is, he must be Krishna. Because, I mean, not an avatar of Krishna, that's my point, because avatars of Krishna are not concerned for premadura Only Swayam Bhagavan, Avatari, Krishna, is concerned for premadura So, if we find some other form of divinity equally concerned for Premadura or even more <laughs> than Krishna... It can it must be Krishna, it cannot be even an avatar of Krishna. Do you follow my my point? Or my Gurmasha's logic? So in that way he's saying Mahaprabhu is not an avatar of Krishna. Because the avatars of Krishna are no interested in Premaduria. Mahaprabhu is is all about that. <laughs> so in that sense <clears throat> I'm trying to show this point, no? like first Krishna is not an avatar of Vishnu and then Mahaprabhu is not an avatar of of uh, Krishna. But it's Krishna himself. So the question is, why he's not part of the Dasavatars of Vishnu? Well, we could say, because he's not an an avatar. (laughs) He's not an avatar. And again, we do not conceive these Dasavatars as necessarily in that life. Because generally the idea with Dasavatars is all these ten forms that we already all of know that. Nrsimha Dev. No, let's begin in order. Uh, Matsya, Kurma, uh, Baraha, no, yeah, Baraha Nishimhadev, uh, Bamandev, Parasuram, uh, Ramchandra, Krishna, Krishna Balaram actually. Balaram. Yeah, Balaram, sometimes Krishna Balaram, Buddha, and Kalkevata. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so generally, the popular idea is all these are avatars of Vishnu. Again, it's more this notion of Vishnu is the source. So our approach to Dasavatar is, is is quite different in that sense because we do not think Vishnu is the source of all descents or or Krishna and Balaram are an avatar of Vishnu. So there's a different theological perspective as I already explained. So what to speak of Mahaprabhu, no, which is such a a confidential confidential aspect, no. So he's he's not part of that list which again it doesn't mean that because he's not in the Dasavatar list he's out of the real thing or something. Actually Dasavatar list is invoked by Jayadev Goswami in his Gita Govinda. He begins the whole Gita Govinda by singing about Dasavatar, Kisha Badrita and so on. Rupa Hari Jai. But it's not that something that is mentioned like I don't know in our main shastra the Das avatar, this is the least. I mean, it's not limited to ten avatars. I mean, there are asankhya in the Bhagavad, it's mentioned how many avatars are there of Bhagavad. Bhagavad says asankhya, which means uncountable. So these ten refer in one direction or another, but it's not that Mahaprabhu needs to be there in order to be special or something. Because he's special, he, he's in, in a list, in a category of his own, we could say. And concerning the last question, does Mahaprabhu reside in Vaikuntha Lok or Golok? Well, we could say Golok is... Vaikuntha is a, a general... There are two ways of speaking about the term Vaikuntha. Vaikuntha can refer, refer to the spiritual world in general and to all the different sections there. Vrindavan, Dwarka, Mathura, Yudhya, and so on. Or Vaikuntha can refer to that, let's say, platform, of the spiritual world which has this particular mood where Vishnu is in Ashwari Vab. So Mahaprabhu's planet, if you want to call it in that way, realm called Nitya we spoke about yesterday a little bit about that. That's a natural extension of Golog. That's why we call Golok Vrindavan and, an, an, and its innermost chamber, if you will, is Golok Navadu. We go this, conceive of that in that way. Hmm? So, it's, it's it's a bibu brindavan, as we say yesterday, an extended brindavan. When brindavan reaches its most deepest and natural extension, it appears as Navadu. In the same way, like, Mahaprabhu is the most natural and confidential uh, extension of, of Braja Krishna, basically. No? If you play out all the implications of who Braja Krishna is, then you have Mahaprabhu. If you play out all the implications of what brindavan represents, then you have Golok Navadu, if you will. No? So, there there are some series of lectures more speci- in detail, specifically about Nitya that, that you can go to. Mm. <clears throat> so there is one more question by Kushi Singh. In this uh, follow-up question, says, in the in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, does Krishna have avatars? Yes, of course. As we mentioned, for us, uh, Krishna is the source of all divine descent of all avatars. So all these avatars that we have been speaking about are considered as avatars of, of Krishna and many others. Okay. So, I don't know if there is some... One last question maybe before we finish. If, if there are any questions. We already have one hour, but... Sorry? Yesterday, yes. I was wondering could you explain you know, how...
1: Uh, very nicely, how the the, 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 you know, the Krishna Lila unfolds into Gora Lila you know, in a
0: very nice way, how it's an extension of it and how it unfolds perfectly into it. <coughs> but since it's a cyclical and you can go from each Lila to the other, how the Krishna Lila unfolds from the Gora Lila, you know, I would, I would like to hear an explanation of that. Because I, I imagine it, but I think your explanation is going to be much more. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, of course, again, it's something that we try to speak about, but in one point it's whatever we can say and how we can conceive that at our particular situation may, may be limited because... Uh, yes. ah, claro, sí. One second, he's translating the question into in Spanish. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> again, we are, in one sense, limited by words. What we can say, as Srila would say, the ultimate answer to the things is, why don't you go there and find it for yourself? <laughs> mm. the no? yeah. Because there is nothing that can replace anubhav or personal experience. So, so, it's not about that they are... In, because we... we we may just thinking about this in terms of geography, you know, like you are here and you are there, and when you are taken from from Gor to Krishna Lila, you travel in space to some other place, and you are no longer in the other place. And it's not like that. It's all about dimensions of consciousness, and of course, we need to to explore ourselves, our own potential as consciousness and, and the, as much as we have not done so we have not done our homework fully yet we won't be able to fully grasp how this is taking place mm. because again it's not that now i'm here i'm no longer there no like for example you always hear okay krishna single brindavan but we always hear krishna is executing his lila on earth always mm. So it's not that he's there and you go to Golok and there's some sign like, I mean I'm on Earth now, back soon, or something. No? So, and he's there with his associates there and there. <laughs> so you start like to you try to think about that and, and it's not working, no. So. So basically, the notion is that of cyclical time or or like the interrelatedness between one lila and the other. Is, is, is like that? No, it's not that you are just traveling. No, but my guru master will say, you go to Krishna Lila, and when Krishna Lila reaches its <clears throat> its deepest point, and he gives the example of what the Bhagavatam shows in the in the Rasa Panchadiai, the Rasa Lila chapters, and again the Gopi Gita, song of separation of the gopis and Radha, flourishing in in full. Uh, how to say? full-blown praying for Krishna. And at that moment, Krishna is, 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 is hankering for for that experience. So in that sense, we could say Krishna Lila is taking to God Lila because Krishna Lila is played out in such a way that its fullest implications have to correspond with the new, quote-unquote, new Lila. In that way, we could say Krishna Lila is taking us to to Gorlila, maybe not in the same way as, as <clears throat> necessarily like, okay, all the devotees in Brindavan are in certain lila, and so, at some point, I don't know, they start to sing about something and they enter into Gorlila. Not necessarily as it happens in Gorlila with Krishna lila, if we, we, that sometimes it's described that Swarup Damodha is doing some kirtan about Krishna lila, because Gorlila is all about being devotees of Krishna. You know, Mahaprabhu is. Is there in, in that mood, basically, and all the devotees are following suit. So, the very nature of the lila is such that it takes us, in a certain way, to Krishna lila. Hmm? Because Gaur lila is sadaka nitya nāvodiv is sadhana siddha bhūmi. All these perfected beings of Krishna lila are in nāvodiv, but acting as devotees, as we say yesterday. No? Siddha Krishna is acting as a sadaka. So, as a devotee of, of Krishna... <laughs> All of them are joining Krishna Mahaprabhu, he's in the mood of Radha in devotion to Krishna, so part of their daily life in, in, in that Lila is they are devoted the of Krishna. So they have to sing about Krishna, think about Krishna. So they but they do that in such a way that, that every time the kirtan starts, every time the kata begins, everyone goes is transported in that direction. And that should happen to us now. Some, that they are showing what should be happening to us whenever Kirtan starts. And we ideally, ultimately, have to be transported into that reality. You know? It's not that you read the Bhagavatam and, oh, it's one book, one more book. But actually it's a book that you should enter into. You should leave. As my Guru Mahesh will say, there is one blank page in the Bhagavatam that is waiting for you to fill with your own life story of love for Krishna, eternally there. So, when we hear this Lila narrative, in the beginning, yeah, we hear, it's nice, but ultimately, you don't hear, You, do, you when you hear Lila, you do not, we, you do not, uh, how to say it. the ideal way of hearing Bhagavatam, which is a lot about Lila, Krishna Lila, in Brindavan especially, it's not that I'm, I'm hearing that as a witness, but I'm I'm hearing that as a participant of that. Ultimately, that has to happen. It's not like you are witnessing something that is happening in Vrindavan. But you are a member of that thing that is happening. That's the ultimate level of dealing with Harikata. So that's what's taking place in, in Gorlila. Well, they hear about some lila or some kirtan depicting some lila and everyone is there in their respective identities in that lila. So, because the nature of Gaur-lila is all of us are devotees, but at the same time, all of them are perfected beings. So, when they act as devotees, they are very nice devotees. <laughs> as my Guru Maharaj will say, they sing Kirtan, and after five seconds, everyone is totally fainted in Kirtan. So, they show the maximum level of reach of all devotional activities in perfection at every minute there. So, since the Gaur-lila has that nature, all of them are devotees. Naturally, the implications of that is when they sing about Krishna, they are transported into Krishna Lila. But in Krishna Lila, the, the mood and the nature is different. It's not Gaur Lila. They are not devotees singing about Gaur Lila and being transported. To, so, so since the dynamics of the Krishna Lila are slightly different, it's not that there it has to take place in the exact same way as it takes place from Gaur-lila to Krishna-lila. It's another, like, framework. So the way that Krishna-lila is taking us to Gaur-lila is more, again, not on on a on how the lila unfolds on a daily basis, but more in the sense of the ultimate uh, reach of Krishna-lila and the implications of that reach correspond with Gaur-lila. That's the way how journalists connected this notion of Gaur-lila taking to Krishna-lila, no? But yeah, the two are really interconnected, inseparable realities, basically. No? Because again, if you are in Krishna Lila, how to say Krishna Lila is not only Krishna Lila, <laughs> but all that Krishna Lila can be. So, all the, what's the potential of Krishna Lila? We could say that the ultimate potential of Krishna Lila is Gol Lila. <laughs> Uh, and, and we as Gaudis are to think in these terms, not only thinking about things about what they are, but all that what they can be. So, in that sense, we could say Krishna Lila is taken to Gor Lila, because if you play out again the implications of all that it means to be a member of Krishna Lila, immediately you realize, oh, that it, 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 it ultimately means to be a member of Gaur Lila. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, words unlimited, and again, conclusion is... Go there and find it for
1: yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay, we have to it, wait. <laughs> yeah, but... Meanwhile,
0: do not only wait. You have to do something while waiting. Yeah, so we'll um, the uh, class connects to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So do not only wait. Do something while waiting. And when you reach there, just one second of being there, will speak much more of all the things that I've been saying here now. So, so okay. I think we can stop here. Um, thank you very much to all of you for your time and presence and questions. And see you today, in the, for those who can, uh, today in the afternoon, evening. We continue with the second section of Mahaprabhu's Lila in Navadhi. We will speak today about Korpurnim, basically, Mahaprabhu's birth and, and some Lila's in connection with that. Srila so, Gurudev Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. Shri Shri Radha Dhamudharji ki jaya Shri Harinam Sankirtan ki jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrindha ki jaya Gaur Primananda